Welcome to the podcast. Every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Hey, welcome to the Leadership Podcast. Excited to share with you today some things I've been thinking about a lot, teaching someone lately, speaking on. Uh, One of the exercises to do every once in a while that I find beneficial is to do an inventory of your beliefs, your true beliefs. And so every once in a while, it's good, and I do this maybe once or twice a year, to write down a sentence that begins with the words, I believe, and then finish it with something you feel really deeply. And I use, uh, I usually start out in that regard with something, you know, less deep, less serious. So, uh, for example, in light of their start in which they're last in the National League and hitting, I believe the Reds are not going to win the World Series this year. I, it's a firm belief of mine. Is is this, again, is another year that looks like it's going off the rails very quickly. I believe uh, sharks are beautiful. I believe that to the core of my being. Yeah, and I believe that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. I believe the President of the United States. I'm not going to finish that, but I did get your attention with that one. Um, and you, when you go through a belief inventory, you can't do it without stirring some passion in your soul, some passion in your life. And why this is important as leaders is when we define what we really believe, we define ourselves. We attach ourselves to our stated beliefs, and those beliefs either decrease us or ennoble us. Uh, one of the best things you can do for someone else is to ask their opinion on something. What do you believe about this? Because by very nature of asking them what they believe, you're affirming that what they believe matters to you. And so it's critical to know what do you really believe, not what you should believe, not what you hope you believe, not what you think other people should think you believe, but what do you really believe? And and some of you have read a brilliant Catholic philosopher named Michael Novak who wrote about this, and he said all, all of us have convictions about our beliefs, and we express them in three different ways. One is public convictions or public beliefs, and these are the, these are the beliefs that I want other people to believe I believe, even though I may not really believe them myself. So... The example I would use is someone may ask you, does this dress make my hips look too big? And the correct answer is no, I don't even recognize you had hips until you mentioned that you had hips. Well, that's not a belief, that's PR. That's a PR move, and I may not really believe it. A public persons are famous for making statements for the purpose of creating a reputation rather than really stating the truth of what they believe. Um and, of course, this is how the political game works. Stephen Colbert says the quality to which political statements inspire people is truthiness. 
They may not be true, but they sound true, so they allow the person speaking to impress people with their supposed sincerity. And of course, you know, the key to being effective politically is sincerity. Once you've learned to fake that, you've got it made. Being a part of a faith community is dangerous for this reason. It increases our temptation to pretend to believe what we really don't believe, but in order to have acceptance in the community, we've got to pretend to, ex- to believe these things. In that case, our beliefs, our beliefs are idealized. They're not realized. They're just public convictions that have truthiness, and they sound good in our context. Uh, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Bible. I believe in moral absolutes, etc. And so public convictions are what we want people to believe we believe. And uh, frankly, as a preacher, uh, we preachers are guilty of this, and we can pretend we have no doubt because we want people to think we have no doubt because we know that gives them comfort, and we settle for truthiness. The second level is private convictions. So the third level is public convictions. The second level is private convictions. And these are convictions or beliefs that I really do think I believe, but in reality, it's out of convenience. I may hold these convictions as long as I think they're in my best interest. I think I believe something, but in reality, my convictions run another way. So let's say you're a single guy and you're attracted to a particular woman, but you know she's not available. She's going out with somebody else. And you think she's great. And you'd love to be in a romantic relationship with her that missing out on her would be tragic. And you think, I'd tell her that if she would hear me. And then she breaks up with the other guy and she's available and she knows you're attracted to her. And so she tells you she's free now and eager for the opportunity to maybe date and make a commitment to it. And right then you begin to think, well, I don't know if she's as wonderful as I thought she was. You don't think she's as attractive anymore because she was more attractive when you didn't have to make a commitment. And that's a private conviction. It seems to be real at the time, but when circumstances are no longer in your favor because of that private conviction, it was in reality a false conviction. And um, the great scriptural example of this is on the night Jesus was arrested, he predicted that Peter was going to deny him. Peter said, no way. These other turkeys can pack and run, but not me. I'll never deny you. And when he said that, do you think he believed it? Yes. I don't think he was insincere at that moment. He wasn't doing PR. But was it a true conviction? Well, we now know the rest of the story. It was not. The next day when the kitchen got hot, he couldn't stand the heat. And when he realized that aligning himself with his friend Jesus had a much higher cost than he realized, one that included suffering, his conviction melted like a stick of butter on a sizzling frying pan. He sometimes, like we, think we have convictions, but we don't really. And we discover that our convictions don't really run deep. And when our circumstances change, we feel differently. And so sometimes private convictions include self-deception. Maybe we want to believe something, or we're committed to believing something, even though in our being we don't. And uh, I remember one time reading about a man, really bright individual, who had a PhD, who had been in church his whole life. And he was asking a group, how would you respond if God opened your eyes spiritually and you discovered there was so much more to your faith than you previously thought, and he responded, I'd be surprised to find out what I believed all along turned out to be true. Wow. What does it mean to believe something if I'd be surprised if it turned out to be true? You see, sometimes private convictions 
give us a false sense of belief. Someone once said it's hard for a tolerably honest man to say what he really believes. And that leads to the third level of belief. I'm sorry, the first level of belief. And so there's this outer level of public convictions. There's this next level of private convictions. It's what I want to believe. But the first, the core level of conviction is core beliefs or core convictions. These are the ones that really matter. And these are the ones that are revealed by our daily behavior. Our actions as leaders state what we really believe. Our mouths don't have to state them. In one of the movies in the trilogy that Christopher Nolan did of the Batman series, the Dark Knight series, Batman says it's not who you are underneath, it's what you do that defines you. And this is who you really are. Now that comes out of who you are underneath. But at the end of the day, you always act consistently with your core convictions. Core convictions are our mental map. Every one of us has these mental maps about the way we think things really are and the way life really works. I believe if I touch a red hot stove, I will get burned. I believe if I jump off of a of a five-story building, I will get broken. I don't have to go to a class for those beliefs. I don't have to be convinced of those beliefs. Those are core convictions of mine out of experience. I believe in gravity. My belief in gravity is a genuine part of my mental map. And I don't have to work really hard to align myself with the reality of get gravity. I don't have to relearn how not to jump out of a five-story building but if I wanted to hurt myself, I'd jump out of the window. Why? Because my actions are always the result of my core convictions and the purposes that come from them. But gravity is a part of my mental map about reality, the way things really are. So my behavior and actions are always consistent with my belief in gravity. So this means, leader, you and I have to become very studious of our actions so that we can discover what we really believe. We can say we care about people, but if we don't treat the server in the restaurant with the dignity we would the CEO of our company or an athlete we admire, we don't really, we don't really treasure people. My beliefs are always expressed in my action. And so, I ha- I, I, as a preacher, I have to state beliefs all the time. As a leader, I have to do an analysis of, do I really believe that? Is it a core conviction? And this is why you can't really have true belief without practice. It's impossible. Because you have to apply consistent action to what you think you believe so that you can know that is a core conviction of mine. If you have no experiences, you have no faith. But if you know experiences, you will know faith. And the way I illustrate this is ropes courses. Um, Frank Crockett branded the name of our student ministry over 20 years ago, Epic, Experiential Pursuits in Christ. Every leader's life is really epic. 
It is really an experiential pursuit because only through experience can you know, is that really a core conviction of mine? I say I believe in loyalty and faithfulness, but do I jump at every opportunity every two years to change based on the better opportunity for me? Or do I really believe that an investment into a group of people over the long run is the highest value that I can have for people? Well, only experience validates that. So Frank is an, by trade an experiential therapist, educator as well as being a pastor at our church for a long time, and he's done ropes courses forever. Back in our early days, he took our leaders through his ropes courses, and I did not like heights then. It wasn't that I was afraid of falling, it was that I was afraid of the landing. And ropes courses will teach you about what you really believe. They usually are about 20 to 30 feet up from, uh, from one another, and you have to go from one station to another. You have to be instructed before you do it on safety, and you're told you're hooked to a safety, secure safety line. You're being belayed. The vests are secure. The carabiners can support thousands of pounds of weight. The worst thing that can happen if you slip is you dangle a little bit before being rescued. And I remember after Frank put us through the training, I believed that information, or I thought I did. If you'd given me a test, I, I would have said, yeah, I believe in this. I believe in carabiners, and this is why, and, and all that. But a strange things happened once my body got 25 feet off the ground. My sweat glands did not believe I was safe. They had their doubts. My heart rate did not believe I was safe. The butterfly squadron in my stomach was having an air show, and I tried to tell my body about the safety information I had just heard. But I was, my body was in a faith crisis at that moment. When I had a moment where I slipped, I had one of those split-second panic attacks. Now, I don't know if you've ever been up high. There are some things you only get one chance to get right. If at first you don't succeed, skydiving isn't for you. And that moment, I had, high, I had doubts. I would have said, I believe the safety instruction about dangling being safe. But, but. My body had not had the experience to really believe it. I wasn't in danger, but my body had not gone through enough experience to really own that. My body was saying, you're idiot, you're going to fall. You've never done this before. Now, you should see Frank Crockett on a ropes course. He's done it for half his life. His body has had enough experience where he truly believes he's safe, and he looks like Spider-Man on one of those things. What do you really believe as a leader? You see, true faith, true conviction is when you come to believe with your body what you say you believe with your mind, and it causes you to act. And the only way you can discover your true core convictions is experiential pursuits over time. Experiential pursuits over time. You say you believe that servant leadership is the most powerful leadership. Have you demonstrated that over time? You say you believe that loving people through grace and truth is your highest core belief in leadership, but have you done it over time? You'll never really know until retrospect, in retrospect, that yes, that's a true conviction of mine. It's something, not what I want people to think I believe, what I hope I believe, but time has taught me I really believe this. And that's why true leadership takes time. It takes experience. And over time, you develop core convictions. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie McMahon. 
Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you.